Blitz Period is a production of BNM Media and brought to you by Sooners360.com. Make sure to go follow Jalen at Sooner Sports Daily on Instagram and at underscore Jalen Ross on Twitter. Welcome back to the Blitz Period. Jalen Ross here, and today we're going to do a bit of a spring recap. Uh, spring ball is officially over with the conclusion of the spring game this past Saturday, and then, of course, all practices are done. Now, I don't know the full team schedule. Like, I don't know if they're going immediately back into workouts or if they're getting a little bit of time off, which I'm pretty sure they are getting a little bit of time off, but uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. But anyway, next step so far is off-season workouts, getting ready to bring in the next batch of the 2023 class. Uh, and some transfers as well. So uh, that's going to be exciting to talk about in the next few weeks. But um, this is just going to be a quick little episode kind of discussing what I saw in the spring game. If you follow on Instagram at Jalen and Ross, you will see the 10 thoughts that I put out about the game. But because Instagram only has a, a little bit of a limit on how much you can put in a sentence, I couldn't really put everything I thought. So uh, mainly this is going to be just kind of a who stood out, what unit stood out and all that. So and and this is kind of going to be a combination of the entire spring and not just the spring game itself. But uh, anyway, hopping into it, I, I think the storyline of the spring game, the story of the spring game, you can say it's Jackson Arnold. You can say whatever. I think it's the defense without question. I thought. Simply put, you can't go anywhere but up if you're this OU defense. You can't get any worse than you were last year. Um, you know, we know very well the struggles that have been around lately. And I'm going to just read some numbers real quick. Uh, 99th in the country last year on points per game allowed. 119th in the country in passing yards a game allowed. 106th in the country in rushing yards a game and 122nd in the country in total yards a game tied for 106 in the country in 20 yard put 20 plus yard plays so translation not very good uh and then i didn't mention they had probably the worst run the worst run defense in the big 12 conference last year so um here's the thing like i said you can't get any worse but I see no reason why this defense shouldn't be, as Brent Venables would say, why they shouldn't be on another planet next next season. Uh, now, I know it's the spring, and I know this is really the time where a lot of overreactions happen, but I, I struggle to find a way to where they don't improve. I don't think they're going to be a top 10, top 15 unit. If that happens, that'd be amazing. Uh, I would be shocked if they do. But I think that there's too much talent. There's too much depth and a better rotation on this side of the ball that they should not be able, they should not, not take a big leap. Uh, I don't think I needed to say not twice, but whatever. Anyway, uh, you're talking about guys like Desan McCulloch, uh, PJ Adabare, Peyton Bowen. Those three names alone are names of guys that Oklahoma hasn't had on the defensive side of the ball in the last few years. You haven't had a guy like PJ Adabare off the edge who can, who can, who who's first of all just their their overall frame looks like that. I don't remember who I was talking to on Saturday, but I told somebody he looks like a slight, slightly less, no, a slimmer 
Will Anderson. Now, obviously, he's not Will Anderson. Like, Will Anderson is, you know, through the roof, going to be a top five pick tomorrow. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, he probably already went in the top five, but he just looks like that with that body. His arms are long. I mean, he had a, he had a terrific play. I think it was in that second quarter. I don't remember exactly when it was, but he had a great uh, tackle for loss where he's tracking a guy down in the backfield and uh, stops the run. I want to say it was, it might've been either Dalen Smothers or Tawi Walker that ran the ball. I can't remember who it was, but it was a play that we haven't seen a guy make in a while. Uh, Peyton Bowen's interception on Andre Anthony. That was a play that OU safety hasn't made in a minute. I mean, Bowen did something that for a guy who just went to prom a week ago and that he's doing that on a college football stage, granted it was against his own team, but still to do it. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's hip to hip with Andrew Anthony. He's there the whole play. And then he kind of pushes himself a little bit in front to jump out and catch the ball. Like that's a pretty good freaking play for a true freshman. Uh, and then. Desan McCullough, I think, is really self-explanatory. I mean, he had a great year at Indiana a season ago, but I, I know that there are people that, you know, kind of want to push, excuse me, kind of want to push this narrative that uh, Justin Harrington is going to be the guy at the cheetah spot. And and I like Justin Harrington, but Desan McCullough is worlds better as far as his ability. I mean, look, McCullough was all over the field. Um, you know, he... I went back and watched the game a little bit and slowed it down. And you can kind of see some moments where McCullough's lined up a little bit. Like he's not necessarily at safety, but he's not necessarily a linebacker. So that's where really that cheetah title comes in. It's like, he's a guy who just does everything. And uh, you know, the play on Gavin Freeman that he had, I mean, I think it was a fourth and two actually where uh, Freeman's getting ready to catch a little out route. McCullough comes in, makes the play. Passes incomplete. Uh, there's the tackle that he had on Tawi Walker on the sideline where he just kind of flies in and jumps on Tawi Walker's back and tosses him out of bounds. I mean, somebody asked me on Instagram yesterday uh, who who it, I don't want to. I think I want to say it was like, who's the team MVP or uh, something like that. I'm going to have to check again. But whatever it was, I know I said to Son McCullough. Um, Again, I know people have questions about him as far as like, you know, can he understand the defense and uh, can he, you know, really grasp everything that's kind of being thrown at him as he's because he's a new guy. But I think there's too much talent with him to where he's not going to be, you know, like I'm not going to go as far to say that he's all American status. I don't think that he was a freshman all American. I don't think he's an all American this year. But I think his ceiling for this season, he's on He's on one of the All-Big 12 teams. Probably first, more than likely first. Clear cut would be a second. Uh, too much talent there with him. I mean, his, just his, his, his frame, uh, and you're going to hear me say that, that word a lot when it comes to the linebackers, but uh, McCullough specifically, I mean, you just haven't had a guy that's looked like that at OU in a minute in your linebacker room. So, uh, that's a huge blessing, but uh, overall play from the linebackers, I thought was really good. I mean, I was impressed with Kobe McKenzie. I thought he uh, did a great job tracking the ball. You know, I mean, listen, there were some things in the game on Saturday, and I said this on Instagram too. Uh, there were some things in the game Saturday that I saw that I really did not see a lot of last year. One of the biggest things I, I that would make me pull my hair out a season ago was how poorly, how poor they were at I'm sorry, how dog water they were at 
run fits. Like I said, they had probably the worst one run, run defense in the Big 12 a season ago. Couldn't fit the run gaps to stop to save their lives. Uh, this year, they look a little bit better at that. Now, you can talk about the offensive line and how poor that was, and we'll get into that later. But just looking at it now, I mean, the speed on this defense already looks worlds better. I mean, we talk about McCullough. We talk about Bowen. Uh, Jaron Canick, I mean, you know, one of the fastest players coming out of high school. Um, or one of the fastest players on the team, I should say. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I know I'm missing some names, but uh, they look faster. They're tracking the ball better. Uh, linebackers filling, filling the run better. Uh, like I said, Kobe McKenzie did a great job at that. I think Kip Lewis had a really great game. He had 11 tackles on the day. The thing about Kip Lewis is Kip Lewis, I mean, I think this is not a shocker to anybody, and this is really like a big reason why he redshirted a year ago, but he's got to get bigger. And especially for a guy who going into this year, he's a redshirt freshman. So he'll be a guy by the time SEC play comes, he's going to have to get bigger. No question about that. Uh, like if, if Kip Lewis gets up to, let's say, maybe. Let me think of a good one. If he gets to around like a 215, 220 type weight. And then you combine that with that speed. He's a star. I don't think he's a superstar, but like he's not, let me not say star. He's a guy. He's a guy. He's, he's, he's a contributor. Uh, now, like I don't watch Kip Lewis on Saturday and see the tackles and say that he's going to be a starter this year and stuff like that. But I think the positive is, like I said, a big thing with this defense is you have depth finally. And that's where that comes into play. Because if Jaron Kanick is sucking one Saturday, maybe you can turn to Kip Lewis and say, hey, I need you to go in and make a play for me. He can do it. Uh, you know, same with a guy like a Shane Witter. I don't I don't even recall if Witter played or he played on Saturday. I don't know if he made a big impact, but um, well, he's been injured. I mean, he was injured last season, but I don't really know if Witter's a starter this year. But He's a depth piece. Um, you know, uh, Phil, Phil Pachotti can be a depth piece. And you can tell he's still learning, of course. Uh, Lewis Carter, once he gets on campus, that's a big name. I mean, Britt Venables is talking about him. Guy's not even on campus yet. He talked about him in his postgame presser on Saturday. So uh, I like the added depth at linebacker. I think that that position should really take a huge jump this year. The secondary really, really, really excites me because I look at names like Reggie Pearson. Reggie Pearson, I think, outside of Desan McCullough, was my MVP on Saturday. I didn't think Pearson was going to be like just this all-world type player. Uh, I know there were people who were kind of worried about his coverage skills, but he made some plays. I mean, he had the PBU on Stogner uh, in the end zone, which a year ago, that's a touchdown. Um, and then he had another play. I can't remember exactly the play it was, but he had a, he had a, he just had a lot of really good moments in that game on Saturday For, to the point where I, I think that like, if, if this continues, I don't know if Pearson's going to be more of like a specialist type guy where maybe on second and short or third and short or where they feel it's a run situation, they bring him in. But I mean, he, his aggressiveness, I think he has the ability to go up with, I mean, goodness, he went up with Austin Stockner. Like he can go up with the tight ends if he needs to. I think that, you know, I talk so much about like people have asked me to, to, to do a depth chart. And when I do, I always say like, okay, Billy Bowman's got a 
safety spot locked down. There's no question. But on the other side of him, you got Key Lawrence, you got Robert Spurge Jennings, you got Reggie Pearson, Peyton Bowen even. There's a lot of names you can throw out there. Key Lawrence's deal is like, I, I've been a Key Lawrence fan. I think he's a good player. But the past few years, what we've kind of seen from him is he can make a play, but he's just got to be more consistent. You know, I mean, I know he, he, of course, he had an issue with dropping interceptions and stuff like that. But for a guy like Bowen, like, I don't think Bowen is going to start this year. I don't think, I think if Bowen continues on the pace that he's at, maybe like towards the end of the year, you're talking about that. And I'm not trying to say like, you need to just plug in all these five stars and have them starting right away. Like, I don't think that's going to be the case without Abare. I don't think that's going to be the case with Bowen, but I think Bowen is going to be a contributor. I, I think that's going to happen for sure. Uh, but like, as far as who's on the other side of Billy Bowman, like Reggie Pearson, I didn't really give him a shot. Based off what I see Saturday, I think I changed my mind on that because too much talent there for him not to be that guy. So um, we'll see. I mean, we'll obviously see. And this is the tough part about the spring is because you don't want to get too jumpy about stuff because there are going to be guys in the spring game that excel and then you don't hear crap about them in the fall. And that's why I try to be careful about this. But I just look now on defense and I see just the jump that they've made with the talent level. I mean, this is by far the better a better influx of transfers this year than you had a year ago. I mean, you talk about Rondo Bothroyd, who going to be a starter, probably going to be a captain on this defense. And when you think about it, it was like last year we would talk so much about, you know, Reggie Grimes and, uh, and, and Ethan Downs on the D-line, and it was like, you know, those first three games, they were on a tear. And then after that, it was kind of crickets. And the biggest thing was like, there's really nobody better behind them. So you can't just go out and bench them. Now this year, it's a different tune. Because I even know people that are asking, like, like not people in the program, but people kind of in the Twitter streets and all that are wondering, like, is Reggie Grimes a portal guy? I don't think that's going to happen at all. But it's just been a question because you look at guys like Bothroyd, you look at Trace Ford, you look at Atabara, you look at these guys, and you wonder... D-line rotations, how that, I mean, Devon Sears on the D-line, he had a really good game on Saturday, uh, had a sack, probably should have had two in a, in a normal game. He definitely would have had two. Um, I mean, in a normal game, I think this defense would have had probably like maybe five or six sacks. Maybe I'm wrong on the number, but they would have had a pretty decent amount. I mean, Grayson Houghton was, was on a tear on Saturday. He played well. Uh, and he was a guy last season that the light really kind of started to come on for him. He was one of those young guys that contributed heavily a year ago. Um, I, I see that theme continuing this year, but Devon Sears, same way. Trace Ford, I mean, Trace Ford, you know, knowing from his time at Oklahoma State, he was a guy up there. He's just got to stay healthy. And it sounds like he's been doing some dirt, some damage this spring. I mean, I know there were there was something floating out that he had like three sacks. But what was it like either two sacks and three plays or maybe. I think it was that it was like two sacks and three plays or something during a practice one week. So, um you know, I mean, just the added depth you have to where now if Ethan Downs is not really, you know, doing what Ethan Downs needs to be doing, you can point at a guy like maybe Trace Ford if he's not a starter and bring him in. You can point at a PJ Atabara. You can point at um, uh, uh, an R. Mason Thomas, who, I mean, he's a guy I also think might be a starter this year, too. Uh, maybe even a Derek LeBlanc. I mean, there's so many names you can really throw out there 
But um, Jonah Lalu moving into the inside to the interior. interior oh gosh, English is hard, guys. Uh, moving to the interior looks like a really good move. I mean, he he also made he also looked really good on Saturday. Um, you know, it just, it's just just like all that aside, man. I just like I said, I have a hard time thinking that this defense doesn't take another step this season. Um, too much talent on that field for them not to be better. Again, I don't think that they're going to be like some top 10, top 15 elite type unit. I think that all things considered, if this defense at its full potential, their ceiling would probably be like maybe a top 25, top 30 type deal, which is a huge jump from, you know, where you were last year. And I don't remember the exact numbers when Alex Grinch first got here, but I know uh they they got really they got they got better they really really improved after grinch came in uh, like numbers wise so uh i see the same thing happening this year just 10 times better but uh offensively i know people are a little bit worried about the offense and as you guys always are because you know everybody wants to throw jeff levy off a bridge and here's the deal jeff levy as i've said millions of times he's not going to really reveal the what they want to do in a spring game He's not going to do it against the lesser teams or Bucci's, as I like to call them. Because um, it was the same thing you saw last last year. You know, the offense against UTEP wasn't just like humming. The offense against, you know, K-State or, or Kent State, I'm sorry, wasn't just like amazing. Like they put up points, but as far as plays and stuff like that, none of it was just like blow your socks off. Like, oh my gosh, I've never seen anything like this before. Now, as the season got on, you saw more of that. Say what you want about, you know, the scores and all that, but the offense put up some numbers. Like, they, I mean, again, last game of the season against Texas Tech, Dylan Gabriel threw for, you know, seemed like a thousand yards, but they had, they, they had almost 700 total yards of offense in that game in Lubbock. Uh, you know, uh, the, 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 even in the Cheez-It Bowl, I mean, they put up some numbers like here's the deal like and this is kind of a conversation with dylan gabriel is if dylan gabriel i and that's another discussion too but if dylan gabriel can keep up the pace of you know again say what you want about gabriel as a quarterback take the way that he played towards the end of the year last year or take his cheese it bowl performance wrap that all into an entire season they're a pretty freaking solid unit this year. Uh, I'm not giving Dylan Gabriel Heisman talk like I don't see that happening at all. But if anything, like Caleb Williams wins back to back, like whatever. But people are kind of failing to understand that Gabriel is good enough to win this team a Big 12 championship. Like, you know, it, you, you say what, again, say what you want about last year. This team's problems went well behind Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Levy. Again, I just read the numbers for you about this defense a year ago. They were terrible. You know, the offensive line wasn't the best. I mean, you know, we could sit here for days and talk about last year's issues, which we've done already. But Dylan Gabriel wasn't really like top three, top five, maybe on the, on that list of why this team sucked a year ago. He's good enough to win this team a conference championship. Clear cut. If he has all the pieces, no question. But if he keeps up that now, now here's the thing. Like I, I, I didn't watch the game Saturday and think that Gabriel just like made some drastic changes. He didn't. He looked kind of the same. Again, say what you want about him. You can say that was terrible. I don't care. 
Yes, he missed a few throws. Yes, he overthrew a little bit. I mean, the throw to Jaden Gibson, and I know y'all about ready to crucify Jaden Gibson, but uh, the, 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 the throw to Jaden Gibson was, I mean, could have been a better throw. Um, you know, you got to catch the ball, but still could have been a better throw. Uh, there was a throw, I think, in the end zone to LV Bunkley Shelton that went right over his head. I mean, there was there were some throws that he missed. Even when you go back and watch the game, you can see like this guy's wide open and he's not throwing in the ball. Whatever. Bottom line is this: Dylan Gabriel is going to be the starting quarterback week one. Jackson Arnold is not. I will be the first to tell you that Jackson Arnold is more talented than Dylan Gabriel. But the thing about this is Jackson needs to learn. Okay, and, and you we can you can even see that on Saturday. And Saturday is not really a fair or fair judgment because again, offensive line was poverty. I mean, it was you had a lot of guys that were out. You know, your starting left tackle didn't even play. Who Walter Rouse is probably going to be that guy. Jacob Sexton's not healthy. Like you got to go through all these lists of guys that are hurt, and that's why the score format was so weird because they didn't have enough to field two teams. They just went offense versus defense. So uh, you know, Jackson Arnold. Like I said, needs time to learn. And, and if you guys listened to the interview that Jackson did here on the Blitz period back in November, you guys can still go find it. But I asked him about that. Like, and I mentioned this all the time, but I asked him about what are you expecting to do in your first year at Oklahoma? Or like, do you think you can come in and be the starter? Whatever. And he kind of said, I'm willing to learn from Dylan. Dylan knows, and he said this after the game. That Jackson is really good. Like, that's not a secret to anybody. Five-star quarterback, Gatorade player of the year. Like, no, 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 no crap. You know, everybody knows that. Dylan Gabriel is experience, his knowledge, his leadership. That's going to be pivotal for Jackson Arnold. You know, this is a bad comparison because I know people don't really like Spencer Rattler that much, but for somebody like a Spencer Rattler, let's just take all attitude and all that crap aside. A Spencer Rattler sitting behind a Jalen Hurts was important because Jalen Hurts is, you know, the ultimate leader. He's the guy that everybody's willing to follow. They'll go, come hell or high water, they're going to ride with Jalen Hurts. Why that didn't rub off, I mean, you know, hey, that's that's for anybody to guess. But uh, in this case, it's a little bit different. Dylan Gabriel, I mean, everybody loves Dylan. Dylan... You know, having that kind of guy, having that vessel in your position room is important for a guy like Jackson. And if, like, let's say hypothetically, a situation does arise where come midseason, Jackson Arnold does have to start, which, again, I don't think that happens. But come midseason, say that does happen. I don't think Dylan Gabriel would be the guy to just go out and pout and say, man, this is my job. He don't, he ain't good enough for this. I'm, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, you know, like. He wouldn't be that guy. I think Dylan would be the guy that would kind of be the Tony Romo to his Dak Prescott. Like, Tony's the older guy. Tony's the, the leader. Tony's the vet. This younger guy is 10 times better. This younger guy has to start and gives us a better chance to win. So the older guy becomes the vessel. The older guy becomes the, the guy wearing the headset in his ear telling him stuff. He's asking, what did you see on this play? He's like, because Jeff Levy's in the box. So Dylan Gabriel's on the field, and he's the guy that's kind of relaying stuff to Jackson. And he's being the supporter. Now, deep down inside, he may be like, you know, bitter. Which, who wouldn't be? You got your spot taken. Like, I completely get it. But... Uh, like that's just hypothetical. Like I don't see that happening at all. I think Dylan Gabriel rides it out. I think he's a starter and I will eat crow if I'm wrong, but like, I think you're going to hear stuff about Jackson Arnold throughout the season. You're going to hear stuff like all oh, Jackson's been looking great in practice. He's doing this and he's doing that. Like you might hear that, but that doesn't mean 
look, you can throw a good ball, okay, as a quarterback. You can you can do this. You can do that. What you can do in a game is so different because it's like, how can you read coverages? How can you how can you read a defense? How can you know? you know, situational stuff and all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff that matters. Cause I asked Jackson after the game, I asked him, you know, is has your head kind of been spinning? Just kind of, kind of grasp all of this. And he said, yeah, it has like, it's typical stuff for a true freshman. So, uh, still got time to learn. I mean, I, again, I don't think he's going to come in and be a starter, but, uh, that whole spill over, uh, running backs was, I don't want to say underwhelming because I don't think I was really expecting them to just be like, you know, world's better. Javante Barnes didn't even play. Marcus Major didn't play. I think the run game is going to be fine this year. I mean, once you get O line figured out, they will be just fine. Um, you know, they, they they're getting involved in the passing game a lot. I mean, Tawi Walker was involved in the passing game a lot. I don't think Tawi Walker is going to be the starter. I don't think he's going to be the guy. I think Walker's more of that kind of short yardage guy, which. Uh, a la a Ramondre Stevenson type player who, I mean, you know, Ramondre was, he was an RB one, like, no, no, I mean, there's no doubt, but uh, he's kind of that guy in the short yardage situation. It's kind of like a 2019 Ramondre Stevenson, but uh, receivers. Um, I think you might need help there. I mean, you know, we, we see it with, um, Jalil Farouk is obviously wide receiver one. I think, that's without question. But the rest of them, I mean, Gavin Freeman's going to have a great year this year. I think he's going to have an exceptional year. Don't have any doubt about that. Um, Drake Stoops, self-explanatory. What can Andrew Anthony do? That's a big question because he didn't really show much on Saturday, so it's hard to judge. LV Bunkley Shelton heard a lot about him throughout the offseason. I think he might put it together. People think I'm playing when I say DJ Graham might be a guy. I don't think he's going to be like, you know, a starter, but he should see the field a solid amount this year. I mean, he made some plays on Saturday. Um, you know, Brennan Thompson coming in, the transfer from Texas. I don't think Thompson is a major contributor as well. I think he's more of like a guy that will develop into something. But his speed is on another planet. I mean, uh, read the, the tweet by Parker Thune that he put out that kind of basically said that I don't know if it's like he's faster than Tyreek Hill or he or he ran a faster 10 meter or ran a faster 100 meter dash than Tyreek Hill did. Um, newsflash for you guys that don't watch football. It's pretty freaking fast. So uh, going to be interesting to see where that goes. I mean, uh, tight end. <laughs> You know, Austin Stogner's obviously got that spot. Blake Smith. Interesting to see what Blake Smith can do. Blake Smith's been hurt, but, um, you know, I mean, makes the catch with the club. So essentially had a one arm catch on Saturday. But uh, I, I don't know if he becomes like a guy this year. I, I, a guy I do think that will become a guy because a lot of people really like him is uh, Josh. Josh Fanuel. I think I don't know how to say his last name, but uh, number 80. The transfer, or essentially really the walk-on, I guess, uh, came from Lawton, or uh, Cameron University in Lawton, was a basketball player, and now he's at Oklahoma, and uh, he had a touchdown in the game, but there's been some buzz about him throughout practice. Like, there's talk that he's a beast, there's talk that, uh, you know, he will be a guy this year, so that's going to be interesting to watch that plays. Of course, you got Caden Helms and Jason Llewellyn waiting in the wings, so uh, as far as, like, where they go on the portal, I think they may go out and add another receiver. 
whether they go out and add another tight end, I'd be interesting to see. Um, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, I'll keep keep updated and keep in the loop on all that because I'm kind of wondering for myself. But uh, that's really about all I got today, man, for the spring recap. I appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you guys uh, share the episode. Uh, time's running low because I got to head out. So um, make sure you guys share the episode. Uh, leave leave a review. Leave a rating. Do whatever you want. If you hated it, I don't care. Leave a review too. Let me know if it sucked. All feedback is welcome because we can always get better. That's how business works. So uh, point out the flaws, man. Like we don't, we don't care. But uh, make sure you guys again share the episode. Send it to your mom, your dad, your uncle, your aunties, your cousins, uh, your brothers, maybe the people you hate. I don't care. Just make sure you do it. Get these downloads up, and we appreciate you guys checking in. Uh, make sure you guys go follow the Instagram at Jalen and Ross on Twitter, underscore Jalen Ross. Check in with us. Let us know you listen to the podcast. Let us know what you think. Go back and listen to some of the past episodes. Go listen to the Jackson Arnold interview. You might want to do that from a while ago. You'll, I think you'll enjoy it. But thank you guys once again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Blitz Period with Jalen Ross, presented by BNM Media and Sooners360.com. Make sure to go follow Jalen at Sooner Sports Daily on Instagram and at underscore Jalen Ross on Twitter.